0: Hi, I'm Darren Steele and this is Think Queerly, a podcast that empowers LGBTQ2 plus thought leadership and creative expression to cultivate inclusion, diversity, understanding, and social change for universal human dignity. Now, it's actually been a long pause since I published the last podcast, an interview with uh, Tim McCaskill, the author of Queer Progress. There's been a lot of things going on in my life and if you've been following along the podcast for some time i launched another podcast ideation thought leadership what i've come to realize is that in my attempt to try and create this separation between the two things i actually got greater clarity about how everything overlaps and instead of worrying about oh i should Make this a podcast. I think my audience might want to hear this, or my audience won't want to hear this on Think Queerly. They'd like to hear this somewhere else, or vice versa. I just realized that there's going to be a lot more content that I'm going to publish online as writing that will never make it as a podcast. And as long as I have something that I think will benefit from sharing with you here on the podcast, that says something to queerness or empowering LGBTQ lives, that's going to show up here. And that will bring me back to what I hope will be a once a week or at least three to four episodes per month for the show. Now, there's some really great stuff that is coming up. I'm going to be speaking with Michelle Douglas of the LGBTQ purge fund that is operated in Canada that was a response to the apology from the Canadian government for what was called the fruit machine when the RCMP tried to out um, people they thought were or who they got to admit were gay or lesbian or queer and basically destroyed their lives And there's some other great stuff, some other great interviews that are in the works. It just takes a little bit more time to bring those to the podcast because I've got research and preparation to do. And usually they're a little longer and also include video. So there's a bit more uh, time that goes into production to bringing that to you. So I want to get into what I want to talk about today, which is why can't we all just get along I want to say that in a different way. Why can't we all just get along? It's a question that seems to be coming up more and more and more. There is a war happening. Russia invading the Ukraine. There is a war happening in the United States with Republicans that are targeting LGBTQ lives and especially trans people, but even more so children. There is a war on misusing or using words in a weaponized way. For example, grooming when right-wing or conservatives are saying that saying anything positive about LGBTQ existence is grooming when in fact right-wing evangelical Christians or just evangelical Christians have been grooming individuals and especially children for thousands of years. There was some recent news of a couple of people on a plane playing guitar and singing Kumbaya music to a captive audience 30,000-35,000 30, feet up in the air. I don't know how I would have responded, but I think I would have made it very clear that I was a gay, queer man and I would not tolerate, and it was a violation of my personal liberties, and would ask them all to sit down. So, if ever you're wondering what to do about that idea of grooming, there it is. Christian evangelicals are grooming other people, going door to door, trying to sell Jesus in whatever form. That they are trying to sell it and that's all that grooming really is coming back to why we all, why we all just can't get along you know we're in this world that's ever expanding with too many people it is a question of how can so many people in the world get along even within a particular country the ukraine russia canada North Korea, the United States, trying to organize and manage all these different personalities and minds into small neighborhoods, municipal groups, states, and then collectively at the national level requires different myths that organize people. It's a myth because politics and religious ideology are not real. They are ideas that we come up with that collectively or the larger part of the collective says, ah, okay, these are the rules that we're going to try and adhere to so that we can get along. When it really becomes a problem is when people don't wish to understand. When people don't wish to commune and be open to understanding what another person is, how another person thinks, how another person feels, where they are coming from, what is their background, what triggers them. And, you know, as a species, humanity, we are connected by this thing we call humanity. But we're acting more and more separate, individual, and separated, largely in part, at least in North America, because of the liberalism myth of individuality that is saying, you know, me, my personal freedom, my personal liberty, at all cost, how dare you tell me to wear a mask? And yet, there are so many contradictory situations in life like, well, if you drive a car, do you wear a seatbelt? If you drive a car, do you stop at a red light or a stop sign? If not all of the time, then most of the time. What are the rules as part of the organizing myths of society? Are people following blindly, unconsciously, that they're not really thinking all the way through when they say, you can't tell me to wear a mask? But this goes much larger, because we're living in a paradoxical duality in this world, in that our humanity connects us, but it doesn't necessarily protect us. So our humanity, you listening to me, we're both human, that connects us. But what doesn't protect us is that very humanity. Because if I say something that you take offense to, you can then say, in an abstract way, that you were not protected against what it is that I said. The smallest offense possible, right? Listening to something that you might not agree agree to or agree with. Now, speaking to the heart of LGBTQ lives... What's been happening for so long in Poland and Chechnya and Russia? Just recently, I believe it was in St. Petersburg, Russia, that the national LGBTQ or queer organization has now been officially outlawed. Unless you are doing this work underground, you are, of course, as a queer Russian, exceptionally brave and courageous If you are doing everything that you still can to let people know that it is okay to be LGBTQ and to talk about who you are, these various dominant religious myths and political parties and radical uh, ideologies have deemed our lives, LGBTQ lives, a threat to social mores to social morals and values, or that we are non-existent entities. We simply do not exist in their country, which is the case of Poland declaring these LGBTQ free zones. And, you know, substitute LGBTQ plus with any other marginalized identity or group of people, be that through history or be that now. So the cult of identity, at its worst, sees humanism as a lack of personal liberty. The cult of identity says, well, uh, no, I don't have to think about the collective. I don't have to think about the common good or universal good. Or I don't have to think about, quote unquote, doing the right thing when it interferes with my right to do whatever the fuck it is i want there is a lack of communing with people who are considered other and in often in often cases or in many cases considered disposable this is the rhetoric and the language that is showing up that If you're LGBTQ in some countries, you don't deserve to live. You should be thrown in prison. You should be thrown off the top of a building. You know, thank goodness I live in Canada, but that doesn't mean I'm immune from hatred or from prejudice and bigotry. It also doesn't mean that my rights are forever protected. Because rights and human rights are, again, an intellectual construct. Going back to what I said earlier, our humanity connects us, but it doesn't necessarily protect us. Returning to this idea of organizational myths that manage and control societies, like liberal politics or the republican party or the new democrat party in canada or whatever the name of the political party is in the country in which you live many of those myths are seeking to connect broadly the individuals in the society in the country there are other myths like capitalism capitalism is an idea right Right or wrong, I'm not saying it's perfect, but it seeks to try and connect us together. Whereas fundamentalist religions or oppressive political regime, regimes dehumanize and create separation through a binary or polarity of us versus them you're either on the right or you're on the left you're either a republican or you're a democrat and we're seeing in the united states how much how polarized this has become it isn't just about you know i tend to have politics that are more uh based in republican philosophy of which there is no more republican philosophy in the good old party it's just a kind of a Ideological, capitalist, oligarchic reach for power. And it's become so anti them versus us, where the language is the Democrats are stealing the country from us. They need to somehow be wiped out of power and locked up. And as soon as you start saying that people need to be locked up, it's only the next step towards people need to be taken out of existence. I think that there's nothing more powerful than the emotions of fear and disgust That can be utilized to motivate groups of people, which includes an entire country, to agree to restrictive laws or harsh criminal sentences all the way to execution in exchange for the prediction and response, the knowing, the certainty based on what you've been told to believe is right or wrong or a virtue. It's a form of indoctrination. That the state is doing this to keep you safe. Your religion, your God, is doing this to keep you safe from those faggots and lesbians and trans people. And it's just so important to take that pause and consider what are these people so afraid of i think it's a fear of thinking for themselves because thinking for yourself and well thinking for yourself requires knowing what you believe in and what you stand for It requires a lot of cognitive energy to find your place in the world when you're thinking for yourself. And there are a lot of people that I'm not putting into this container to blame. There are a lot of people in various countries that have been set up to fail, that have been set up by their governments and regimes to remain stupid, which is another word for uneducated or having a lack of access to education, because if they were to be able to think for themselves, they wouldn't blindly follow the leader who is seeking power over, who is seeking to control their minds, because an unthoughtful mind, an uncritical mind, is easier to control. That's why it's kind of a... uh, Sad ending that I'm going to wrap up this episode with that it's unlikely that we can all just get along because it's not pragmatic, it's not realistic. I don't even think it's human nature that we should all just get along. But, however, (laughs) education is a tool, teaching people how to think is a tool, framing teaching how to commune with other people, to get to know other people, putting small groups of people together that may have very disparate, very opposite beliefs, and having someone moderate a conversation to help them create the bridge to understand, to connect, to see the dignity, to see the quality, to see the humanity of the other person, regardless of their individual values or, bel- or beliefs, is how we create humane dialogue. Because if we keep following blindly what someone tells us is right or wrong, what someone tells us we're supposed to do, reading a book that is ultimately, in my mind, not based on any truth Bible. There are some great stories in there, some great moral stories in there, but the problem with the Bible is how many different groups have decided to translate it and then misinterpret it and abuse some of its messaging to create a power over structure to indoctrinate the masses. But put a smaller group of people together, it's like one person at a time, two people at a time, three, four, five people at a time. This kind of social change, this kind of open-mindedness and understanding is going to be a slow process, but it's a process that we have to start now so that we can at least agree to try and get along, even if we don't agree with each other's beliefs and opinions. Well, I know that felt like or sounded like a heavier, maybe harder podcast episode to listen to today but it's important that each one of us take on responsibility for the common good so that you can become the change so that you can show up in making the world a better place one conversation at a time eye to eye with another person with whom you might not agree with before I let you go, I just want to let you know about a couple of new coaching programs that I have available. So I have a 30-day creative ideation jumpstart. If you need to get into an idea really intensely, you know that it's the change you want to implement and you want to make your creative project take off. The 30-day ideation is an intensive week-to-week to give you that focus and clarity so you can hit the ground running and get that momentum you need. Then I also have the Queer Creative Ideation Mastermind it offers the support of working with other LGBTQ2 plus creators and thought leaders as well as guidance in the form of Mind Mastery neural Coaching from me combined these elements of the small group three other queer thought leaders and myself will help you make more skillful progress than you could on your own you come to each session with any challenges or problems or questions that you want to get help with to get more clarity focus and direction and so that you can leave the call with strategies to move forward and with continued momentum I'll have links available in the show notes, but you can always head over to my website, darrensteel.com, and just head over to coaching to get more details. Until next time, thanks so much for listening.